Well, does anybody have a cocktail? Perhaps some sort of tomfoolery that we can engage in. Hello and welcome to The Fizzles Show. We are like the brotherhood without banners of online business. We serve the realm of the earnest entrepreneurs seeking to earn their livelihood, building something that they actually care about. Yeah, that's right. Went with a Game of Thrones intro, and you'll see why in a little bit in this conversation. Um, your hosts are Corbett Barr. If this were The Matrix, he'd be Morpheus. Caleb Wojcik, there's no question. He'd be Neo because he actually sees numbers and knows Kung Fu. And me, Chase Reeves. I'd be Trinity because I care. Whether you're like me, who uh, ca- I can't even look at a number without without actually getting a little bit feverish, or like Caleb, who literally interprets colors as numbers, whatever you feel about numbers and finances and things, you're going to need to understand the money picture of your business. What's making money? What's losing money? What expenses are the heaviest on you? In this episode, we discuss how to take control of your business finances based on our hard-earned experiences. Caleb and Cor- Corbett's uh, more than mine. Mine are hard-earned, but they're not very experiencing. You'll hear about the tools that we use and, and some important lessons learned. And we'll also answer a couple Fizzle Show listener questions. All right, Fizzle Show listeners, one that, uh, one that really pushes Corbett's buttons. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into it. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into this business financing. You know, but full disclosure here, I'm a reader, not a mather. I'm going to be just sitting back as the peanut gallery most of this episode. I am, as you know, the Johnny Ives of uh, of this organization. Johnny Ives doesn't know math? Famously, he, he because like there was talk that he could, like, maybe Johnny will be the CEO guy. And it was like quickly, like, nope. the dude doesn't do numbers. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he makes it a point to not be that guy. This is, I read that Inside Apple book and it was really good i think it's good to have somebody on the team who doesn't do that yeah because you like don't think hang out you well know? no you just don't you don't have to think with the same constraints sometimes yeah the, tr- the trouble though is if if you're the only person on the team and you don't think about numbers sometimes it can be kind of hard to you get know, things and, and let's let's start right there really quickly i mean i i've just been this isn't numbers and finances and things just isn't the way that i look at the world and it's yeah. not like i will <laughs> i will be like a year and a half into a project before i realize oh oh god I'm not going to make any money on this thing. And even if I did, it wouldn't cover my expenses. Yeah. Oh, I should have figured that out before I got started. Because even though I love this thing, I have to quit it now yeah. because my kid needs gluten-free crackers. Yeah. That's one of the first things that I do think about. See, I don't know about and I you, knew Corbett. that about you. Yeah. So like, okay, so the first thing you think about, so put yourself in that situation. You're, wh- wh- where do, where's your head? What do, you, what do you think? I'm looking at ROI and sunk cost and all the kinds of things that I was taught in business school and in econ classes. Like, oh, is this going to be worth it if we get it? I'd have to go you find know. my TA eighty six and and see if, <laughs> see if, and like hold it in the sun for Tetris a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just let it warm up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in this episode, I mean, what what do we really? What I would love to do is like I'd love to talk to like my me, you know, four years ago and be like, okay, listen, you don't know how to do this stuff, but here's some things you need to think about. I'd love for a four year old, yeah. four years ago, me, which I think a lot of a lot of people are in this like starting out, like I've got this idea. The first thing you're not going to think about with your idea, unless you're Caleb Wojcik, um, and you went to business school, is 
uh, is the finance stuff because you're fired up about it's like it's like that scene from Tommy Boy with his sale, right? It's like I pet it and I love it and I just. <laughs> God, I just love it. <laughs> the idea. You know what I mean? The yeah. idea. You love your idea and you don't want to, I don't know, you're not in that state, you know, where you're going to be real critical about it unless you're a learned well, entrepreneur. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, some some of us do kind of start with the numbers in mind and the spreadsheets I think, and stuff yeah. like that. But let's, so what we're not going to do today is we're not going to have, you know, blanket advice that everybody can use. I think, you know, we're not necessarily small business finance experts, but- we have run multiple small businesses. We've done finances for them in different ways. And I yeah. think we can just kind of share a real perspective on how we yeah. do things. And I think more like probably the besides Caleb's business uh, school acumen, like your actual experience in with all of this stuff throughout startup world and all this other stuff. And then doing, you know, think traffic from the ground up and learn, yeah. having to learn by hand, like what kind of entity you needed to be in front of the government and all this other yeah. stuff to deal with taxes and all that crap. Right. Yep. That experience is going to be, I, I kind of want that to r- control where we go. Yeah. Next. So can you, would you think that's a good place to start? Like just telling yeah. us how you got started? Yeah, we can do that. So, you know, I, I mean, I had experience, elsewhere doing budgets and accounting and stuff you know um in big companies and and then in the previous startup that i did you know we had to we had investments and we had to keep track of that and stuff but you know there's some basic kind of principles that you need to follow and and essentially you just need to have a handle on how much is coming in how much money there is how much you're spending each month and that means you you just need to set a couple of basic things in place so the the most you know, a uh, foundational thing that you need to do is just have a separate bank account for your business finances. And this is the kind of thing I think a lot of people overlook and they, they don't know, they think, oh, I'll just, you know, keep track of what comes into my regular yeah. account. Um, but it just makes it a lot easier to keep things separate from the beginning whenever you start a business. And this applies to any structure that you might be. You could be- Hold on, what if, what if I'm a listener right now and I'm like, I'm already so bored. What, what is, what- then you know. Then you need to find someone who. Because I'm legit. I'm sitting here having these feelings. Like, well, are we talking about bank accounts? Yeah, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Well, a business is something that has to earn money in order to survive. And my wife's right now. She's listening to this, and she's going, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Exactly. You bet your britches. We're talking about bank accounts. Exactly. Man. So in your case, Chase, you are lucky enough to have a wife who cares about accounting and finance and stuff, and wicked smart, she's and super she, smart. And so she kind of helped keep you on track when you were doing business stuff right yeah yeah, yeah. she can't really help it yeah she, you put a math equation in front of her she's like ah, she starts scratching her head until she figures it out yeah you know what i mean yeah my wife's um sort of like you she doesn't you know she runs a studio with a bunch of artists and mm-hmm. we have to you know keep track of a bunch of financial financial stuff and um i keep the spreadsheets in that case and she uh I don't know. I love it. Leans on me to do it. And I'm sure so, you guys can guess in my marriage which way it goes to. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jen's like, I want this camera. And she's like, do we have the monies? Yeah. And then I, I work some stuff and then we make decisions. So. <laughs> you, you have a, you have a, a multi-weighted, uh, multi-cell weighted something. What do you call those? Weighted average decision matrix. In a way, you have that for a camera purchase. But I think that's a good takeaway right there is that like, hey, who, which one are you? Because mo- I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people can do this all themselves and can re- can you know just do a, a little basic learning to figure out some of the stuff, uh, take it seriously, and, and get some of these you know like things like your own bank account and all this other stuff. Most people are probably are a lot better at math than I am, or or have a, a, a some sort of acumen for it. Yeah, and then and then there's the rest of us who are li- like you know it's just it there's just it's soul sucking. Well, let me let's put it this way. You know, I think 
some people just naturally love this stuff and they're just going to do it, you know, yeah. like Caleb, for example. Some people like you are like, nah, like it, it, it's it's literally like it's it's annoying to have to think about. Like it just makes me angry and angry, yeah. and because I'm so because I'm just not naturally good at it. Yeah, and then know? and then people are kind of in between. So you have a, a decision to make: either you're going to learn how to do all the financial stuff yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to ignore it, which is probably a bad idea for a business. It's a good way to sink your business pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So if if you're not going to learn it yourself, then either lean on a spouse or somebody who can do it. Or you know there are people out there, bookkeepers, that will do this for you for a reasonable price. You can find services online where for maybe $200 a month, yeah. they'll keep all of your books for you in a proper accounting software. Yeah. And all you have to do is you know sign the papers where they need to be signed to get everything set up to begin with. Yeah. And that's a great way to go. And then you can ask them. When and, did you first do that? Well, with my last startup, we had accountants. We had a, like an accounting service yeah. who kept our books for us um, that we got probably about a year into it. After we raised investment and there was you know money yeah. to keep track of, then uh, we figured it was a good idea to get accountants. That way, it just kind of you know makes it totally impartial. Yeah. And then as the business owner, you don't have to have your face in the books all the time. You just look at them when they're done you know that's now, and there your- are dangers in not doing the books yourself yeah or at least looking at them because at least for you and i corbett a lot of the major decisions about where we take business and projects and focus is based on the ins and outs that's yeah that's kind of where my question was going like what because you run you do most or all of our books for think traffic stuff all of them you do all of them yeah. right well we have a we have a two-part process so <laughs> Caleb actually kind of tracks on a weekly basis just sales, where sales are coming from, yeah. so that we know the different channels mm-hmm. on a very up-to-date basis. Yeah. But then the official books, so that's sort of you know a cash-based accounting system. It's just when the money's coming in. Yeah. Um, then Not we even. Have, Some of it's just when yes, we make the sale. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But then we have the official books, and that's um, kept in a software called Xero, X-E-R-O, which yeah. is sort of like a QuickBooks, um, yeah. but I, I find it a little easier to use. Um, and that's like the official books that we do once a month that, that keep track of um, not only you know money coming in, but also our expenses and accruals and things that we need to do yeah. as well. Um, you know, those, and, those accruals are so cruel. <laughs> they're such a bitch. <laughs> There's, how accruel of you. <laughs> <laughs> financial puns i feel like i could i feel like that's the first act, like i listen to npr on the weekends every now and again like yeah. and there's all these smart shows on you know like the wait wait don't tell me and and and, yeah. and everything's a pun you know what i mean and i'm like uh, uh, that was I, funny i wasn't raised in this yeah. world but like and so i'm always like how do people think like that and now i'm giving myself just a that was good big pat on the back well in the asana you love the it's so hot in this asana yeah <laughs> That's another good one. So, um, so now that you're, so you're doing all of ours, and and and, and you know, a, a couple sentences or less. Like, would when would you say that that is right or wrong for a, a, a founder out there? What to do accounting? To do it yourself? Yeah. Oh, to do it yourself. Uh, I mean, you know, I I really like being frugal in the beginning. I think people should scrutinize every expense, yeah. but you also have to weigh your time you know, against how much time it's going to take for you to learn something and do it well. Yeah. Um, so if you're, if you're financially, you know, mathematically inclined and maybe you had some courses um, in school, college yeah. or something about accounting, then it's not that hard to pick up, especially if you use one of the new software systems like, like yeah. Xero or even QuickBooks Online isn't bad or, um, or you could use FreshBooks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. So, but, you know, so w- back to the essentials, you need to have 
a place where all of the money coming in and out of your business goes, which is a separate bank account. And that's pretty easy to set up. If you're a sole proprietor, you can just open one with your bank under your name. Yeah. It just means the checks have to be written in your name. If you want to do business as some other entity, then you have to have the proper paperwork for that, either the DBA certificate or um, if you're you know, a, a, an entity like an LLC or an S-Corp, you have to show that to your bank. And yeah, then you need your EIN. And then, yeah, maybe a, a employer identification number. Oh, man. When is this going to get fun? <laughs> this, Just this keep stuff throwing is, the puns in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So is this a good place to talk about those entities now? Because I remember those questions like, which one should I be? And I remember when I started up my little video production company, and we, we sat down with a lady who was great at what she did. And she's like, yeah, you should be an escort because of X, Y, and Z. And we like, we're like positive we're going to grow this into like a multi-million dollar organization or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? And Well, let's do this. Let's, let's uh, like earmark this conversation and get one of our lawyer friends in for an episode where we can talk about entities with okay. some so kind entities of knowledge. isn't isn't a part of the accounting no thing because the finances are the same no matter what oh okay you okay. really need to have you really need to have a separate bank account you really need to do your finances your books and and it's there are a little bit of nuances especially when it comes to taxes and things mm-hmm. but yeah, how you pay yourself as the founder and things yeah like that. all that kind of stuff but really um, I'd love to have a lawyer here when we talk about it okay, yeah, because yeah. it's a it's a deep conversation and we're not going to do it justice. You no. have a pretty quick answer to that though. Typically, though, sure. Corbett. Yeah, yeah. There is know. kind of a there there is kind of if you just want to know about our experience, like um, as far as think traffic goes. When I started it, I just chose to be a sole proprietor because there's not a whole lot of personal liability in yeah. creating a blog and putting information out there. There you go. Yeah, and um, the the lawyers that I talked to said it's kind of a waste of um, time and energy and money mm-hmm. to set up this giant entity for a, a new information-based business where there's not a lot of personal liability and you're not sure if it's going to be a big hit yet. Yeah. You know? So it's it's perfectly fine to be a sole proprietor to start with and then after a while you can decide to switch things over. And Caleb, what would, would that be the same thing for you? Or Yeah, the only difference is if you are in the you know work with people in person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like with my wife's photography business, we went to LLC because she needs that kind of protection. Yeah. Working with people on location, you know. Although, and this is why I'd like love to have a lawyer here. You know, the um if even if you have an entity, if you're personally liable for something, you know, it's not that entity is not going to protect you. If you f- up, you know, if you do something to injure someone or something that's, yeah. you know, illegal, that entity is not going to protect you. Yeah. Um and in a lot of cases like that, probably what you really need is insurance, not necessarily the entity, but you need business insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go deeper, we do have specific business insurance for photographers. We have contracts for the people we work with. So nice. there's a lot more than just having like an LLC and paying money to the state. Yeah, you know, it so, goes deep. Yeah, so I think that could be a whole separate conversation. Absolutely. So let's but let's keep talking about finances. Okay. So all right. So so far we talked about banking and mm-hmm. accounting. Um, as far as accounting goes, you know, it's, it's actually pretty simple when you get into it. Essentially, all you need to do is once a month, log into your accounting software and your accounting software usually should be able to connect directly to your bank account. And maybe if you have a business credit card, yeah, it should be able to pull the transactions directly from those once a month and then all, or actually it does it like every day, but you just have to log in once a month and categorize each one of those transactions. So you go through your bank account and you say, you know, this was revenue or this was an expense and, you know, put it under different little categories. Yeah. And once you're done with that, after you've categorized all of those, then you can generate your financial reports. Yeah. And, you know, there's a balance sheet and a profit and loss and a cash 
cash flow statement and Caleb went to business school so he can tell you what all these things yeah, mean. You're talking dirty to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's sitting back there with his hands up on his head. He's just like, where do I put the money? But at the end of the day... <laughs> Are you kidding me? I didn't even have that in mind. And it just fits so well. I love those jokes that you only realize are jokes after the fact. Oh, that's good. Where do I put the money? I'm I mean, glad. can we call that? Can we title? Can we title this episode that? Yeah. All right. Where do where, I put Where the can money? I put the money? <laughs> episode oh. 27. So at the end of the day, though, basically, you know, the reason that you keep all of these things separate is so that it's easy to do this categorization at the end of the month. And the reason you do the categorization and the accounting at the end of the month is because you want to know your bottom line at the end of each month, which is basically, you know, how much cash do I have in the bank and how much runway do I have if we I keep mean, going is this, down this. Is this the reason for, I mean, would you say this is the most important reason for accounting? I mean, is this the only reason that it serves is like to know if you're okay or not and and how okay that is or how close to the, to dead you are and stuff like that. I mean, is this the real That's a job? That's a big question. And then another one is, you know, how much did we earn last month or how much did we spend? Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And and which categories did we spend on? Like at the end of each you, month. you mentioned taxes, right? Is that what you said, Caleb? Yeah, I just did. Yeah. I'd say that would be one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason to do it. It's because you have to pay taxes along the year. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're going to be screwed at the end of the year. Boy, I know what that feels like. Yeah. So you, so with these reports, with the profit and loss statement, you're able to look and not just say, oh, you know, we made five grand last month or mm-hmm. whatever, but you're also able to say, what did we spend money on? And yeah. look at it by category. And that way you can see if something's out of the ordinary or if maybe there's somewhere that you can cut back. Yeah. Or you can say, oh, this new sales channel is, you know, growing and we're able to make more money. And that's what's, that to me is what is exciting about this information. I mean, it's da- like analytics on, you know, it's just like looking at analytics, uh, Google Analytics for your website or something like that. Where where are the most important posts? Where are people converting best at? All this other stuff, right? Yep. Which is what I had to, what I've learned how to get used to that with that analysis, analysis sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, business, per, your own business finances. This is essentially it's like the analytics of how your business is doing. Yeah. And and like you said earlier, Caleb, it can be a great uh, you know precursor to what should we do next. You know, like you just sent us an email just today on Fizzle. Like, here's where here's where I think we should go next. What we should focus on. You know what I mean? This, that, and the other. Based on these four metrics over here. You know, we gotta we gotta bump this. Uh, do you know all this? Like, and it's all coming from you know the accounting type stuff mm-hmm. where you're like a- mixed with the analytics. I'm like, hey, we have this much traffic. This is where things should be, or whatever. All this yeah. other stuff. Um, so it w- it's I love I, I know to be honest, it's the first time I've ever had not had to be that guy as well as the creative guy as well as the content guy as well as the you know as the everything guy yeah you know that's what I mean? cool. so it's kind of nice to get that email out of the blue and be like oh, somebody's thinking about it <laughs> i just am so excited about the video we put on the home page <laughs> you know what i mean nice yeah divide and conquer so but it seems like from a pers- from that perspective that's a pretty good a reason why you should be able to why you should try to do this yourself it for a while, it seems like. Because number one, it doesn't sound like it's that hard. It's really what it is, is diligence. It's making sure, it's it's getting to a point where you understand and believe that it's important enough to do. Yep. Keep the receipt, write down you who you had lunch with, right? yada, yada, yada. Keep the, keep the records of the stuff and every month do the meeting with yourself and saying, where are my expenses going? <clears throat> What's my income look like? Yep. How do I tighten this up? You know what I mean? Where's the growth opportunity? Yep. Yeah, and um, you know, whichever, so, so 
just to recap, you know, there are a couple of things that you need to do. So first of all, set up a bank account, decide what sort of entity you're going to be in. Yeah. That will be a separate conversation, but at least get the bank account set up, even if you're just going to be a sole proprietor. Second thing is choose an accounting software package. You need to, you know, you could do this in spreadsheets, but it's a massive pain in the ass and there's no yeah. reason to because there's a lot of good programs out there. So the default one that most people go with is called QuickBooks yeah. and um, it's all right. That's a decent choice. Mm-hmm. Another one is called Xero, X-E-R-O. That's something that we use. Another uh, tool is called FreshBooks. Um, there are you know about five or six decent ones out there. Yeah. And whichever one you choose, they're going to have a series of tutorials that you can go through to learn how to use that software package. Yeah. And you know, there's probably you'll probably end up using like 15% of the capabilities of that software. It's kind of like Microsoft Word or something. Like, yeah. what's all that stuff in there? I don't know, because all I do is sit down and type. Sure. You know? Well, the same is true of accounting packages. You're basically going to do what I said, which is set up a bank account, choose an accounting package, and then make sure that you sit down once a month and categorize everything that comes in and then review your financial statements once a month to say what money came in, what money left, yeah. and you know which categories of things did I spend and earn from, mm. um, just so you have a better picture of where your business is headed. And if you're not going to do it yourself, don't pick a package and then choose a accountant because they typically have one that they're really really good at so do it the other way around if you need to yeah yeah and i've um you know or if you have a package that you really prefer or that you've already started using you can look for an account that does that but um but so have you worked with an accountant recently caleb somebody that does your books and stuff my mother-in-law is a full-time cpa so oh nice her oh cool so so she just does your books every month yeah and so how does that and you're in accounting and stuff like that yeah okay i mean i do I do it throughout the year, and then she does the year-end stuff. And does she do your taxes as well? Yeah, that's the part that she does. Okay, cool. So so maybe we can get into this then. Uh, now we can talk a little bit about taxes, because this is another big reason why you need to keep track of everything, because at a minimum, the IRS is going to want to know how much did you earn. And um, to run your business efficiently, you need to pay attention to which expenses are deductible. Mm-hmm. And... The worst case scenario is that you don't really keep track of anything, and then um, you you know it gets to the end of the year, and you realize that you have to do your taxes, and you start scrambling looking for an accountant or something, yeah. and you have no records or anything to share with them. It's really hard for them, and it's going to be expensive. Um, some people just keep track of all their, or they just keep all their receipts, and then they just shove them in a shoebox and send them to their accountant. You mm-hmm. can do that as well. But I think you're going to be best served if you actually do this monthly accounting so that you already yeah. have an idea of which things you've spent money on and it'll make it easier for your accountant and it's more likely that they're going to actually catch all the deductions. Um, so Caleb, tell us about that process. How does that work for, for you guys, for Jen's business? And So it's kind of messy between, you know, we have an LLC. Um, I'm a, you know, a 1040 through you. I earn other income on the side through my own stuff that sometimes goes through the LLC. Sometimes it doesn't. So it gets pretty messy. So just month to month, we just categorize it all. And then, you know, quarterly, we have to pay quarterly taxes too. So we sit down with my mother-in-law and we go through and figure out how much we owe and what can be deductible, which expenses go to which business and stuff. And that's just due diligence of tagging it all through the months. And um, you mentioned something, quarterly taxes. Tell us about that. Why is that important? So you have to, you know, you can get penalized if you're not paying taxes quarterly when you're you know, self-employed or not a typical W-2 because when you're W-2, the money gets taken out every two weeks for, you know, federal and state 
tax and social security and all those types of things. So you have to pay it quarterly if you own your own business, basically. And then you do a full on tally at the end of the year to figure out, you know, the plus or minus from that. Yeah. And, um, apologies to our non us listeners. You know, these rules are going to differ in your, wherever you are. Um, but there are some similarities in terms of sure, you know, the yeah. need for accounting and stuff like that. So Canada needs taxes too. Canada, yeah, they they take more taxes actually. So yeah, if you're self-employed, um, you know, generally you need to pay quarterly taxes, and that's something that you might want to check in with every quarter. Like for example, I check in with my um, tax attorney and mm-hmm. accountant uh, every quarter just to say, here's what the books look like. Um, what do we owe basically? Yeah. And then he gives me a figure and then you can either mail a check into the IRS or uh, you can go online and pay it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just do that every quarter. And then at the end of the year, then you kind of reconcile, you say, you know, here's what we actually ended up earning. Here's what we've already paid in. And then you figure out if you owe or, you know, or, yeah. or if they owe you basically. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, there's just a little bit more to do when you're self-employed because you don't have someone taking money. Here's out. Here's what paycheck. I want to know. Okay. It sounds like it's common to pay this year's quarterlies based on last year's quarterly earnings? Mm, no, that's, that's not how we do typical, it. That's typical, yeah. It's typical, but it's typical. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how a lot of people do yeah. it. And it, that's what we, we did with my well, wife. That's the estate. expectation of the IRS is that you at least pay your quarterly based on how much you earned last okay, year. Okay, so it's not... But if like, you're in a growing business, at the end of the year, you're going to owe way more. Yeah, which is what happened to us. Thanks, Melissa, for being so damn successful. But it put yeah. us in just the tightest spot ever yeah. because she was paying paying according to last year's earnings and it was just like why would why would you do that? Why you know and it yeah. sounds like it's just a regular thing. So hey, look out for that bee in your bonnet. Well yeah, and so this is where you can talk to your tax accountant. I mean, basically, you know, the penalty for not paying enough quarterly taxes is that you'll owe more at the end of the year yeah. and there may be actual penalties like the IRS may say well you didn't pay enough so you owe interest on the amount that you mm-hmm. didn't pay so keep that in mind yeah. and if you don't like surprises at the, the end of the year then instead of paying based on the estimate from last year you might want to pay based on what you actually earned in the quarter so right because we can see that you know what that was thanks to modern technology yeah, yeah. This is just a. I'm just still pointing the finger at my bride for this. Yeah, although although you know, for a growing small business, you can usually make better use of the funds. You know, over the course of the year, yeah, reinvested into your business than you can by giving a loan to the IRS, basically. Sure. So, you know, it, this is again where you should probably talk to a professional. But right, don't so, take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, sorry. Right, so let's let's keep moving. I, I see that Chase's eyes are glossy. Oh yeah, over I here. mean, this is so freaking hard. I cannot wait to get to question and answer time right now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. So we talked a little bit about taxes, Caleb. Anything else you want to cover on taxes? Try to figure out as many things as you can deduct as possible, as long as you're not about to buy. A okay, house. what are <laughs> what are the uh, what are the most common deductible things? Right, I pay with my Amex at dinner. I keep the receipt. I write it down. I was meeting with Corbett, uh, who is a client on X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and yeah, and those are those are like the basic things. So, yeah. like equipment, training, you know, expenses for travel related to business conferences, things like that. Yeah, but the things that you should also be aware of are if you have a home office, a percentage of your rent or mortgage, your internet bill, your cell phone, all those types of things can be written off. Mm. If you have your own health insurance that you're paying for. That can be something that you write off and goes into your business. Yeah, depending on your on your business structure. So yeah. you know this right. is this is where 
So, you know, we talked earlier about you can probably do the accounting stuff on your own throughout the year. Yeah. But when it comes time to pay taxes, this is where it's a no-brainer to hire a professional because they're going to charge you. They'll pay for themselves. Yeah, they yeah, pay yeah. for themselves. They're going to charge you maybe you know three hundred dollars or something to do your taxes if you're a, a pretty simple organization. Yeah. At the end of the year, and they're going to more than make up for that just in helping you figure out what those deductions are. Good. I need to do that then. Or, <laughs> and, and then, and then my caveat about buying a house is when you want when you run your own business, you're trying to minimize your taxes as much as possible, yeah. and it makes it look like you make a small amount. And if you go and try to get a, like a business or a house loan or car loan or anything like that, it's going to look like you have way less income than you do. So I know people that have bought houses that are self-employed, but for the two years leading up to buying that house, they wouldn't be writing off as much so that they could get a better loan mm. from the bank. Yeah, yeah it's so. it's a tough position to be in trying to trying to do something like that as yep. self-employed. And uh, yeah, so uh, all right, so we we talked about taxes. We talked about um, getting an accountant at the end of the year. Uh, what else should we cover? I guess maybe we should talk about um, hiring people and and paying employees and contractors and things like yeah, that. Yeah, what is that? What what's like? What's the biggest tip you've learned from that, Corbett? Well, so just at the most basic level, if you want to hire someone, uh, maybe not as an employee. Let's say you just want to pay someone to do some work for you. Yeah. If you're going to pay that person more than well, six- let's well, let's act this out. Hello, hello, young, <laughs> hello, young man. I would like to pay you to do some work for me. Okay, go for the next part. <laughs> Uh, am I supposed to act like... No, you can just you can be the narrator. Okay. So, <laughs> young man, I would like to pay you to do some work for me. All right, you can keep going now. Okay, so you're going to pay someone. If you're going to pay that person um, $600 or more in a year... I will pay you $600 and no more this year. <laughs> then you need to give that person uh, some paperwork at the end of the year known as a uh, 1099 mm-hmm. form, which essentially just lets the government know how much you paid that person throughout the year. So it's kind of like, uh, so that the government's aware of all the sources that that person received in income. Yeah. Um, and in order to do that, I mean, you could do it manually and you could just keep track of what you paid everyone throughout mm-hmm. the year. And then at the end of the year, issue all of those people 1099s. It's kind of a pain to do that manually. So Boy, that's howdy. where, so that's where using some sort of uh, payroll system is usually helpful. Yeah. This is why my wife said she couldn't use Quicken Online or Zero or something because of something about our S-Corp setup and payroll and all the, yeah, I can't, and to be honest, she's just a QuickBook whiz. And, but payroll seems to be, when you have, especially like an S-Corp or something like that, it's like, an, it's like a big deal. You know what I mean? Because this is the only way you actually end up getting paid out. Everything else is just money that the company had made and stuff like that, right? Well, no. I mean, if you're a sole proprietor, you don't actually yeah, sole proprietors you just take don't deal deductions. With yeah. yeah, exactly. You just take... take. Uh, but uh, in any case, you should probably use a payroll software so that yeah. you, it keeps track of how much you paid everyone throughout the year, um, and it helps you to organize all the tax forms. So when you hire someone, an independent contractor, you actually you know, you're supposed to file forms with the state government telling them that you hired this independent contractor. Yeah. And then you're supposed to file forms, you know, tax forms at the end of the year. And if you use payroll software, like for example, a really common one is called um, Intuit Payroll mm-hmm. uh, from the people who make QuickBooks, I yeah. guess. Um, mm-hmm. So or Quicken. Or Quicken or what? I don't know, whatever. Both. Are those the same? Both. Oh God, they I'm own having, them all. Quicken's personal. I'm having QuickBooks a brain dead moment. Yeah. yeah. QuickBooks is business fi- software and Quicken's personal finance software. But um, Boy, howdy. 
So you use a payroll software, and then at the end of the year, basically, you just click a couple of buttons, and it will generate those 1099s for you and mail them to everybody. And this is one of the things that people miss you know, really commonly when you start a new business and you start paying people. They just send people checks, and then they don't think about sending them 1099s at the end of the year. So this is kind of a little pro tip, you know, something that your accountant might catch at the end of the year that you didn't do and, and will tell you to do. But if you set up using a payroll software to begin with, it just makes it a whole lot easier. Nailed it. Boy, you really nailed that answer. Yeah? Yeah, I think, I think, I, I, I know there's somebody out there right now just being like, <laughs> he, I feel like he's talking like just to me. <laughs> yeah. And my tax forms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else we got? What else we got, Caleb? Can we just, can we just knock these so we down? Covered, we covered hiring. Yep. What about, um, we covered, we covered it. Like nobody has any more questions about it. There's plenty of questions, but at least we know you know, what you had to deal with and going through it. And, and just it's a good place to start. Yeah. You're going to have to do payroll, work with a professional. Yep. Get it done. And and we're purposely not talking about the things that we track because that's going to be in a different episode. Yeah. We'll talk and, about metrics because metrics go beyond just um, finances. There's a whole lot of things that we track, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and pay attention to. And, and that's probably a more fun conversation, actually. So, um, all right. So just to recap, get yourself a separate bank account. Pick an accounting package. Yeah, hold just, on for the for the like the very like like hey, listen, pal, I'm just starting a freaking blog. All yeah. right, I've got a day job that pays my taxes for me out of that salary, whatever. I'm just starting a freaking blog. I would like to make money from it. What do I need to know? Separate bank account. Yep. Because I am gonna. I'm. It's a money making business. I'm going to be doing affiliate sales, or I'm going to be doing whatever. Yeah. So I want to make money. So in order to protect myself or do whatever I need to do. I start up a separate bank account. Yep, and so, and every expense that you have when you pay for WordPress themes or whatever, you know, pay for it from that account. Okay. So you'll want to fund that account with something. If you're not going to have money coming in, you're going to want to fund mm-hmm. that account to begin with. Say, I'm, you know, giving my business $2,000 or whatever to get started. Put it in that account and pay for things from it because you can deduct those at the yeah. end of the year. So separate bank account. Then you have a decision to make. Do I hire an accountant because I think I'm going to be spending a lot and earning a lot right away? Yep. Or should I suck it up and learn how to use zero or QuickBooks from the beginning um, because you know you're mathematically inclined. Now what about like what money. about like a, a service like mint.com? That's personal finance. Personal finance, but say I used it, I hooked it up to my business card and every expense that I have for my business goes through this one card. What it has is essentially a record of every expense that I've had in there. Now obviously I wouldn't be able to like I don't think I can just generate a report out of that and send it to the IRS for my taxes or, or or things like that, right? But if I can give that instead of getting zero or or Quicken or something like that, I can give that to my accountant. Why? Potentially. Well, Why? just cuz it's all automatic. There's no So so is zero. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were like sitting there entering in. No, I mean it it QuickBooks and Zero try to automatically categorize okay, so things they and then when they don't know about something, you have to manually categorize okay. it. So, got it. It's you know, the concepts are the same between the personal finance, and, but I would choose a business software. Yeah. Know? So, just get something basic, you know, FreshBooks, Zero, or QuickBooks. Look at those three to begin with and and pick one of those. So, I'm a, I, I like like again to this scenario, you know. Hello, young man. I'd like to no, not that one. The other one. <laughs> um I, I'm I'm a blogger and I'd like to do it and I'd like to make a, a a rollicking bunch of money from it. Yep. You know, but I don't know how to get started really, and I'm just I don't know I can't guarantee how much money I'm going to make. So this guy I don't know why he's turning into like Varys from Game of Thrones or whatever, but um, <laughs> I'm a eunuch. <laughs> Sorry, all like all ten of 
Nobody in my crew. Five people got that. No crew in my, no, no, masses of people know who Varys is. All right. Am I right, people? Will you please tweet Corbett and tell him that he's a eunuch? But, um... So he, I, I, I'm, I'm this new blogger guy. I know, I, and my goal is, is that I, it's a business entity. I want to make money with it. You know what I mean? I want to be able to buy my gluten-free crackers with it, right? Yep. But, um, but I'm not sure exactly how much. And you're telling me, okay, so no matter what, it doesn't cost you really, probably doesn't cost you anything to start up a separate account to keep as your business account, right? And your bank. Go with separate, a credit union and yeah. it probably won't cost you anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you got a, you got a, a separate account and you do some sort of, you know, lowest common denominator. Lowest, lowest common denominator business accounting software, like a Zero or a Quicken or yep. QuickBooks online. You know they, they make it very easy and agree yep. with your stuff, right? So if I just do those two things and then the monthly sort of sit down and you know sort of come to sense with what what's going on in my yep. finances, yep. right? I'm saying okay, I'm categorizing make every, these. Everything, make sure everything has a category. Yep. And wait, what are you? What are you like? For example, I'm just clueless about what categories. You're so there's using basically that. two categories: either it's an expense or it's revenue. Okay, right. That's and what then, I figured. And then within those, you have to say, okay, this was, you know, if it's an expense, you say maybe it was equipment, or maybe it was mm-hmm. um, a meal that I had, or maybe it was a subscription, or it was yeah. internet, or whatever. You know. And those will all be built into the software. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they directly tie to end of year tax stuff that you have to put into categories of. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Boy, you, you kind of trailed off there. Are you getting sleepy? <laughs> it's really tired. I think I think Corbin and I are even getting bored of this. <laughs> but but you know what? And the only reason why I keep because because that's the that's where I was, and I was just like, ah, what the what? I, I don't even know what to do. And luckily, I have a, a bright wife, but she's used to like big time, you know, real estate, like real big boy business. And yeah. I'm just like starting these little things. And so we started up as an S corp because it, we really did think we'd make a lot of money and have a lot of employees and all this other stuff. Um, and that never happened, but, um, so, I mean, is that, that's where you, that's what you would say. Yeah. And then, um, you know, find someone to do your taxes at the end of the year and it's good to consult with them early on, Yeah, you know, meet with them once, let them know what you're planning, you know, maybe talk to them real quick about all this stuff that you're going to do and then have them, you know, on uh, speed dial in case you have a question mm-hmm. and at the end of the year you'll bring all of your materials to them and hello I'm looking taxes. for an accountant yes I'm a eunuch and I'm starting a blog <laughs> yes yes I have little birds everywhere and I have all of this information I want to share with people but at a price <laughs> I'm not sure how much money I'm going to be making but I have started a separate bank account and I am using the hit financing software zero I'm bringing this to your attention now because I'm looking for an account. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even get through it. He's sitting here just just grinning at me, like, good. like it's is good. he really going to be? Good. I good. picture you in a bow tie. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Does anybody have a cocktail? Perhaps some sort of tomfoolery that we can engage in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, if you guys have business finance questions, yeah, um, clearly. Let's 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 aim those questions right Tweet at Chase, Corbett or Caleb. Your question. <laughs> so yeah. You can email Caleb at. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I, and I hope that is helpful. It, what I would like, what I would want people to feel like is, is you know, uh, if you're going to make a ton of money, then you've got something to worry about. But otherwise, just don't even worry. D- d- don't worry much. Get set up the business account. Do the thing because these don't take much time. And what what is great about it is like actually having control over you know quote-unquote control over your finances or whatever, where you know where things are going and you know what money is coming in. You know what I mean? For me, selling, you know, as an affiliate of the DIY themes thesis, you know, thing, I made, yeah, 
thirty dollars. You know what I mean? I made a, I made a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and and but it's not like I need a spreadsheet to keep track of that. Like I know, I, like last month I made one, and this one month I made zero or whatever when yeah. I was starting out. So, but but you know, these things grow over time, and next thing you know, it ends up biting you in your butt. So. The more what I like about what I've been so enthused about working with with you, both you guys, Corbett and Caleb, is is you're on top of this. I mean, you have meetings about it, and you're able to you say like, "Here's what our income was. Here's what our revenue was last year, or, or this this past month." And and to be honest, it's just, it's not it's not good enough. Like you know, we're we're barely making it, or whatever yeah. this side or the other. So what we're gonna do is bump that X, Y, and Z. And here's where we have this dead dead weight over here, or this you know. And now now these these are the questions. The fin- what I like is that the finance stuff leads us to interesting questions yeah. about, hey, if we're presenting, you know, it, like if I was going to do my Derek Halpern and say like we have, hey, you've got, you've got, you're selling, you've got like eight things in your sidebar over here. Ever tell you about the jam study? <laughs> the jam. If you put out too much jam, people aren't, aren't going to buy as much. You know what I mean? Yep. There's a study, Wendy Noodleoper from <laughs> Maine. You know, whatever he goes yeah. into this whole jam and, study thing where there's you have too many choices. People actually choose less, take less. Yep, but you sell less, right? So, if you if you if we have four products that we're selling and wow, and things are just dying off, what happens if we take the three of them away? We just promote one, and like, how does that change finances now? You know, yeah. the finances are obviously the key to that. They they are the metric for that. And yeah, doing the finances help you understand exactly how much did you sell and yeah. where, and it keeps it all in one place. Basically, that's the one thing that, that I like that that it that that it leads to creative questions. You know what I mean? Even though it's like, so setting it up, you know, n- none of the setup and all this stuff is exciting, but once you do have it set up, now you've got real work that you get to do. You know what I mean? Like, okay, who am I and what, I, what am I here for? I've got a bank account now. Yep. And, and I'm a eunuch. And this, this, might, this, might, this might all seem really boring, but, you know, at its core, a business has to earn enough money to sustain itself and pay everybody and yeah. whatever. And if you don't manage all of this stuff, if you don't pay attention to it, you're probably not going to last that <laughs> I long. I can't believe I've done so many Varys impersonations throughout the... And it didn't start as Varys. It was just like, hello, for some reason I said, hello, young man, I'd like to hire you. <laughs> I think it was more Maude from, from uh, Lebowski. Oh, from Lebowski? <laughs> are you, are you don't be fatuous, Jeffrey. <laughs> <Don't> be... <laughs> all right, should we... Uh... All right. Let's switch gears and head straight into some question and answer. All right. Uh, and Caleb, if I do believe, we do have one question that is related to this. Yeah, we have one that's specifically about the best way to charge recurring billing. So let's take a listen to it. Hi, my name's Sophia, and I am starting a company called Gen Y Planning. And I'm interested in knowing the best way to charge monthly recur billing. Um, I am starting a financial planning company geared towards people in their 20s and 30s, and I want to set it up um, so that people can pay me monthly. And I'm wondering what companies are out there that allow um, automatic payments uh, using a credit card, and uh, what's the most cost-effective way for both me and my clients in order to, to do that? Thanks so much. All right. Awesome question from Sophia. Thanks for that, Sophia. Uh, Corbett, I know you've got an answer for this, don't you? Yeah. Yes. Uh, there are there are a couple of answers. I mean, the easiest way, or one of the really easy ways, could be simply uh, just to use PayPal. Uh-huh. So within PayPal, you can set up recurring billing and um, invoice someone, basically, directly from PayPal. You can create an invoice and have it be on a recurring basis. Uh-huh. So that's one way you could do it, directly. Um, another way, if you're using a package like Zero or FreshBooks, yeah, those allow for billing 
directly from within the application. You can actually send an invoice that has a link that someone can click on and pay with a credit card. Oh, wow. And um, you can set those up to do recurring billing as well. So, I mean, it, either of those is pretty simple. And, and that way, you don't have to go create a web page that has a form with a credit card thing yeah, and totally. all that kind of stuff. This is directly from your accounting software or from PayPal directly. You can just send an invoice with the recurring billing. Have you done this before? Yeah, I've done this for uh, clients before where I did coaching packages where I sent them invoices from PayPal and had them pay directly from there. Okay, cool. Uh, Caleb? Well, yeah, Caleb, you have anything? No, I was just going to say you could probably use Stripe to do something similar. but Yeah, but then you'd have to roll your own, you know what I mean? Like we had to roll all this code up in yeah. Stripe to make it and integrate it with a membership type deal. So I would totally rec- recommend those. And I just yeah, looked and- up Square, which is a pretty common point of sale thing for yeah. small businesses, entrepreneurs and stuff, and you can't do recurring with that yet. So Yeah, yeah exactly. So, And um, when we talked about uh, accounting packages earlier, there's a little distinction here that, that um, might help you make a decision. If you're going to be doing a lot of services work where you're billing people, sending them invoices mm-hmm. for things, then FreshBooks is probably one of the better choices yeah. um, because it's really set up for all of that. It's It was originally an invoicing tool, and it's really meant to do all of that kind of yeah. stuff, um, whereas Xero uh, and QuickBooks are more general purpose. Um, so you might look at FreshBooks if your business is really services-focused to begin with. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hopefully that answers your question. Sophia, um, let us know. So, Caleb, what else we got? Let's, get, let's, get, let's do another question. This one isn't strictly finance related, but we have one about SEO and why you would actually pay someone to do SEO. Like, what are they actually doing to get you to rank higher? So let's listen to this one. Let's get into it. My question is, when I'm paying an SEO firm to uh, for a monthly uh, service um, to go into my website and make sure my keywords are all up to date and to make sure I'm going to be on top of the fold on a Google search, what am I actually paying for? What is the SEO guy actually doing? Um, what are they going in there and doing? When you pay somebody a monthly SEO fee, what actually, what are they doing for that monthly fee? That's my question. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Janine. That I loved her like skepticism. Like, yeah. yeah what are these people... Yeah, actually doing. She should be skeptical. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, yeah. You haven't you have an answer for this, Corbin? Yeah. So I mean, we uh, maybe we should do a whole episode on SEO. But basically, you know, there are two kinds of SEO. There's on-site SEO and off-site SEO. So on-site SEO are things that you're doing to your own site, like organizing your keywords, changing the page structure, mm-hmm. meta stuff, you know, on your site. And then yeah. off-site SEO is trying to build links pointing from other websites back to your website. So, you know, an SEO firm is probably going to focus on a combination of both of those things. But really, the majority of what matters is the off-site SEO, you know, because you can do all the on-site SEO you want. And if you don't have links pointing back to your site, then it's not really going to do anything. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with using an SEO firm is that generally they're going to have to do some shady, spammy, crappy stuff. Yeah, see, originally I thought you were saying there's two kinds of SEO, (laughs) white hat and black hat, which are like good guys and bad guys. That's true as well. Um, but most of these firms, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to go spam a bunch of forums and other places that are easy to get links from and point, uh, you know, things back to your site. Like they'll go comment on other blogs and put keywords in the comment and then link it back to your site. Mm-hmm. And um, as the business owner, you know, you might feel 
a little bit more than skeptical about this because are you, do you really want people out there spamming the internet on your behalf trying to build up links? Yeah. You know, generally what we recommend is that new bloggers really don't worry about a whole lot of SEO and definitely don't engage an SEO firm. Basically, you know, you should do one simple thing and that is to make sure that you're um, putting words that you think people are looking for maybe in the headline of the blog mm-hmm. posts. That's kind of the you know basic thing that you can do SEO-wise. And then create really great content and network the hell out of it. Talk to yeah. people who are in your industry and you know become friends with them so that they know what you're writing about and will link to it. And then yeah. maybe share it on Twitter and social networks and things like that. But if you're putting out great content over time, you're going to end up with really great SEO. Um, the web loves Think Traffic, our site, you know, which yeah. is about three years old now. And we get... I don't know, last time I looked, maybe 50,000 visits a month or something from search traffic. Uh, And we've never done a thing for SEO. We've never engaged an SEO firm. We've never gone off to try to create backlinks. We simply have created good content that we think our audience wants and is Mm -hmm. looking for. Occasionally, maybe we've optimized a headline because we think it's a little bit better for the search engines, but that's it. And then over time, you know, just constantly creating good stuff makes Google realize that you have value and Google's job is to find value on the internet and to help their searchers find yeah. that value. Yeah. So if you do a good job, then then ultimately SEO kind of happens. Unfortunately, it's really easy for SEO firms to sell this dream that they are going to be able to charge you $200 a month and yeah. magically you're going to get all these visitors. Well, there's one, and I would say, you know, the caveat to that is, you know, Janine doesn't mention which, uh, what industry she's in or, or the kind of business. You know, if you are... Uh, you know, like my wife's example of a real estate agent or something like that, or or some sort of uh, location-based business. You know what I mean? There's a lot of reasons why SEO ma- matters a lot to to that. Kind. I mean, almost all of your inbound leads might be, or of your leads in general, could just be coming from search. You know what I mean? In which case, search could be a very important thing. Um, and you know. I don't. So I, to me, I don't know. I've got good friends that are SEO guys, and yeah, they're they they're not the the cleanest. The, the cleanest pens in the pen holder or whatever. I don't know. But, um, and, and so, and to be honest, for all of my businesses, I haven't done, haven't spent much time on that, though I would like more traffic. You know what I mean? Uh, but at the same time, uh, I guess what, what I'm getting at is, is for some, for some kind of businesses, this is quite an important question. You know what I mean? And so those links, no, it's a very, however they can come, no. is, is good for, for some of it's these people. It's not true. It's not true. Because, because Google's job is to improve the search results sure. for their yeah. users over time. And that means that every year they have hundreds of people whose job it is to make sure that value is recognized yeah. and that crappy, spammy links are not recognized and they're actually penalized. So basically, if you're engaging in SEO tactics that are trying to do anything other than get great yeah. content recognized, mm-hmm. then over time, it's going to be less and less effective every year. And this is why we see, you know, when people complain that Google made a change and it ruined their business, it's because their business was built on a house of cards to begin with. Yeah. It was built using all of these loopholes yeah. that are only good for a certain period of time. And if you want to play that game, that's fine. Maybe for a couple of years, you're sitting pretty mm-hmm. and then you're going to have to constantly sort of change. But don't complain when Google changes their algorithm. They're going to do that every year. That's their job. Yeah. So Corbett, would you recommend someone hire an SEO company to work internally on your website? I would recommend someone hire a content producer, someone that creates actual valuable content in your space. If you're a local real estate firm, for example, then 
then either you yourself or hire someone to create valuable content about real estate in your local market and become known for someone who has answers to questions that people are looking for. Well, I think we could have a whole slew of episodes on this one topic. Yeah, we could. You know what I mean? We could. And and honestly, I mean, you know, it's it's easy to give power to the SEO form, firms by letting them um, tell you that there's a lot of magic to this. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of magic to it. it is, there, there is a, like just a lot of hard work in some ways getting a lot of these. It's just labor, getting links, you know, going out and making links and doing all this other stuff, totally. Yeah, but links, what are links? Links are recognition from sites who see that you have valuable content and they yeah. want to link to it. If you get a bunch of links from forums that, you know, anyone can go post on and get a link from, mm-hmm. it's it doesn't have a whole lot of value unless you do it thousands of times. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that Google catches on to really quickly. Sure. So your goal should be to have the leaders in your industry recognize the content that you've created for its value and mm-hmm. then to link to it naturally. If you get a link from, let's say, Daring Fireball or some site that's like 10 years old mm-hmm. because John Gruber recognized that you created something really great, that is going to have more value than tens of thousands of garbage links from comments and, and yeah. forums and things like yeah. that. Okay, Janine, hopefully that answers your question. Um, clearly, you pushed one of Corbett's buttons. Yeah. He's got a big button Thank you. There. Thanks for pushing it. <laughs> He's like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Off-gassing. Caleb, um, did you have anything to add or we're good on that? Yeah, I was just going to say for resource-wise, if you're just starting to learn about SEO, yeah. Moz has a really good beginner's guide. Absolutely. So it's if you just search SEO guide Moz, M-O-Z, on Google, you'll find it. Yeah, that's a good one. And it's free. Okay, well, I think we should uh, we should call it after our uh, a Blitzkrieg world world tour of of accounting uh, uh, finances. Uh, uh, I don't I, I don't know what it was <laughs> to be honest. You did fall asleep for about ten minutes. Well, I'm a eunuch. <laughs> <laughs> I have been Chase Warman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Caleb Bodrick. Wait, wait, where's the middle name? I'm just gonna bring it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. Get a separate bank account, choose an accountant and or accounting software, keep monthly records, and make better decisions. It's that, it's that simple, folks. <laughs> Thanks, Sophia and Janine, for your questions. If you'd like us to answer your questions, head over to fizzleshow.com and see you'll see there the, uh, the Ask the Guys a Question link. Uh, you could do that. You can record your own or send us a little uh, little note. We'll read it. And when you do go to fizzleshow.com, you'll also see show notes for this episode, including any links, commentary, and oftentimes an Easter egg or two. I kind of I can't help myself sometimes. Did you did you see the uh, Larry Halpern one? <laughs> Again, that is fizzleshow.com. F I Z Z L E show.com. If you like this. Please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it means a lot to us because it helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find this show. Simply search for The Fizzle Show in the iTunes store and click write a review. You know, there's been a few since our last episode, and we're really happy about it. Thank you, guys. One of them, uh, one of them, one of these reviews even has the gall to tell me how to do my job better. But, uh, but he's right. He has some good feedback. 
So fi- try to find that one in the iTunes reviews. And uh, and leave us yours as well. And, and leave us some feedback. We're, we're really trying to learn how to make this better. We're kind of figuring out as we go. So uh, we love your guys' opinions on things. No matter how hard it gets or how hot it gets or how numbery it gets, rest in the company of good friends, people. And remember, you are not alone. Know what I mean? Thanks. See you next week.